there's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Throws, yes! Caught! Touchdown! Did he get it? Well, hello. We were in studio on time, and we were here when we were supposed to be here. But the computers decided not to play nice, so we apologize for that weird start. Uh, hopefully, we didn't chase too many of you away. But uh, Eric France and Jason Walker back in studio together for the first time in a week. Yeah, it's really well, it's almost never happens anymore. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, sorry for the uh, odd start there, weird delay. We had some technical issues that just all of a sudden popped up just as we were trying to start our show. But uh, got them resolved, so we're back. Um, And we're back together. And a lot of things to discuss while we're here. Um, You know, we've got Utah State basketball tomorrow, uh, taking on Fresno State. Remember, it's an early game. Don't plan on showing up at 7 o'clock because it will be an empty spectrum. Um, but the, no, not quite. Uh, You'll catch the tail end of a women's, the women's basketball game. Will game will be probably just concluding. Yeah, it starts at five, so there might still be people in there, but you'll have missed basically all of the action for the entire day. Yes, yes, yeah. So uh, yeah, the men's uh, play uh, they play at uh, at noon, taking on Fresno State, uh, and then the ladies at five. It's rather fortuitous because. I was planning on going back down to visit family over New Year, and all of a sudden I realized, oh, yeah, Utah State's playing a basketball game, so you know I have to cover that. And uh, then I was like, oh, yeah, it's at noon, so I'll still be able to go down, celebrate New Year's with the family. Yay. So, yes, nice. and it doesn't really get in the way of too many other people's like New Year's plans, if you have any. Uh, so a lot of different things to get through here on the show. Um, yeah, talk about basketball. Uh, we really haven't had a chance to talk about what happened in Hawaii uh, with the basketball team, latest on um, who's coming and going for Utah State football because that continues to be uh, an, an ever-evolving story for Utah State. And it's just kind of bizarre how things are trending now all of a sudden over these last 48 hours. You know, they had the bowl game Tuesday. Blake Anderson praises his defensive front and uh, all the returners on defense. That's clearly going to be the strength of the team next year. And like that, that defensive front is going to look vastly different after a couple of these guys taking to social media saying that that they are going to be on the move. Yeah, it's been, it's getting close to being completely gutted. You lose Byron Vons, who announces he's transferring this morning. And uh, Daniel Grishik yesterday announced he's transferring. And not too long ago, Tavian Coleman. Um... Didn't announce it himself, but he retweeted a post saying he was in the transfer portal, so basically he confirmed it. Um, so right there, that's three, you know, two starters and one rotation defensive lineman. And there's going to be a few returners. You know, Holly Motuapuaka is imagining he's going to be back. He has a season available. All the way things are going. Maybe he leaves too. But, you know, he'll be in his, what, fifth? year I think fifth or sixth year at Utah State so maybe he'll just hang around because he doesn't feel like he needs to go anywhere else 
But, yeah, it, it's getting really bad to where I thought, you know, this defensive front, they're going to return a bunch of guys. They're going to be really good, have a lot of returning experience, have some great talent. And now they've lost two huge pieces of talent, one key, you know, rotation guy. And things are looking a lot different than they were a couple of days ago in terms of the 2023 prospects for this defense. Yeah, so uh, it's – so what's what's going on? You know, that's the big question um, with uh, you know, the, the immediately after the end of the season, that's when the first kind of wave of portals transfer guys are, are talked about. Um, and there were a few for Utah State. But then, you know, look, like they're, they're hanging in there and they're continuing to develop and, and, and stay with the team through the bowl game. And so are they doing that out of respect for their peers, for their coaches, and once the bowl is done, then they're like, okay, I was planning on leaving all along, but I wanted to see this through until the end of the official end of the season for us, the end of the football season once the bowl game is done. Or uh, as a portal has opened, is, uh, is this you know, recruiting, call it legal or otherwise, uh, going on? Uh, or uh, in starting to you know, people close to these players starting to whisper in their ears about opportunities elsewhere? Or do they know something that may be upcoming and they don't want to stick around for it? Uh, it could be a coaching change, uh, maybe um, you know, a different philosophy. Who knows? And they're like, you know, I don't want to be a part of that. It could be any number of those reasons. Yeah, it's really interesting because you know, we look at the – I think there's 13 players by my count. I, we just published a uh, transfer portal tracker on Cash Valley Daily. Basically got outgoing guys and incoming guys. There's only two transfers incoming so far. That's going to change uh, in the near future because Utah State's obviously going to have to go to the portal to uh, fill a lot of these spots. But right now, of the 13 outgoing transfers I have on this table, where they're all pretty much confirmed in one way or another, eight of them are on the defensive side of the ball. Now, maybe that's a, you know... If you were to just completely randomize, that may be a distribution that could happen randomly. Um, I mean, it's 8-5. to five. That's not a huge gap. But the fact there's a lot of defensive players that are leaving. Is, is there something on the defensive side of the ball, especially the defensive line? Because you look at it, see, there's Addison Trump, defensive end, Byron Vaughns, Daniel Grishik, um, and Tavian Coleman. I guess, what, five defensive line or four? I'm trying to count in my head, and it's not working very well. I think four defensive linemen have transferred. Three of them rotation guys. So I don't know what's up. Now, granted, again, it could just be completely coincidental. It's the kind of random chance you could maybe see. But it does feel weird that it's a lot of defensive linemen that are just transferring. So, yeah. So are they talking to each other? Um do they feel like something's not happening that needs to happen? Do they feel like something is going to happen that they're not on board with? Um, so it could be any number of things here, but it is kind of suspicious that that many players in one position group just all of a sudden now are entering the portal. Yeah, and there are any number of factors. Like for Daniel Grishik, like within a day, he'd gotten like five offers, three of them from P5 schools. Now it's not like cream of the crop. P5 schools, but he's getting offers from Indiana and and uh, Missouri and 
I think West Virginia. And he's also getting offers from soon-to-be Power 5 teams, Houston and Cincinnati. You know, big, big-time big G5 programs. So maybe Grishik was just looking to move up. Um, Byron Vaughn's I haven't heard anything as far as what his offers are. But he's the guy that's probably going to be looking to move up. Waylon Lapuaho, he's the guy who's looking to move up. He's already got an offer from BYU. Yeah, and that came super fast, which means yeah, there was probably fast. something already in the works. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it, it just is interesting. Where I don't know if collectively they're all related or if it's just in each case they wanted to move up, seem to have an opportunity to do so. There's also them potentially chasing NIL money. A lot of these schools they're looking to go to are their teams that have or are going to have collectives that can get them money. Uh, especially a guy like Waylon, uh, who, you know, there's not a collective at Utah State yet. They're working on it, but go to a place like BYU where you can actually get some money. Because, you know, offensive linemen aren't super marketable unless you're like a guaranteed NFL guy. So these guys could be chasing a number of things. Opportunity, money, maybe they just don't like Utah State. Um, I didn't get the impression from any of those guys they didn't like Utah State. But who knows? Yeah, so yeah, it's hard to know if they're just isolated incidents in and of themselves or if there's something else that's brewing there under the scenes um, that uh, under the surface that we're just not aware of publicly. But, um, yeah, you've put together uh, kind of a tracker you're going to be updating and keep an eye on uh, players coming and going for Utah State. And initially that number of players leaving didn't look to be very large. And it was, you know, that's kind of normal. We're seeing that just some players who just aren't seeing playing time or seeing opportunities. Uh, they put their name in the portal, trying to find somewhere else where they will. Um, and sometimes more often than not, that means they're moving laterally or even down um, to different degrees or different uh, levels. But that number is, is growing. And initially when Blake Anderson announced his uh, recruiting class as like in the low to mid-20s, but that was a big number considering there are only like 10, 11 guys graduating. But it's because he's trying to compensate for players leaving and it looks like they're not done. He may be trying to go get a few more guys. Yeah, he's going to have to spend a lot of time in the portal, and uh, I imagine a lot of these caught him off guard because, yeah, he was saying uh, after the, the bowl game, yeah, we're going to have all the defensive line back, you know. And I was thinking, yeah, we're going to have the two-deep defensive line back. It's going to be great. <laughs> yeah, no, not anymore. So it had to have caught Anderson off guard with these guys where he's just losing most of his starters at this point. Three starters, at least from the bowl game. I think Coleman started in the bowl game. Actually, no, I think somebody else started. But still. But still, I mean, he's he's had playing time. He's had impact plays. Yeah, played about 450 snaps this season, which for a defensive lineman that was injured to heck and back is, you know, it's a pretty high number there. So, just, <sighs> it's it's the new college football. There's free agency. Everyone leaves, everyone comes, so like there's going to be a, a, a rebound because eventually, you know, right now is the time when everybody's leaving. It's, you know, the second wave because when the transfer portal first opens, a bunch of the players who just weren't getting playing time anyway 
they all have a mass exodus from all the different schools. And then the post-bowl game exodus is when that's the one that hurts the most because that's your good players that leave. Yes. Um, and that's what it's feeling like right now. And then in a little bit, we're going to start seeing good players commit to Utah State. Good prospects, former P5 guys. Um, and that'll feel a lot better. We'll feel a little bit better about some of these losses when they've been replaced by guys that we're confident about. But for now, it's it's frustrating, especially because when you have those guys come in, they're unknown quantities. Like when Brian Cobbs comes in, we thought, okay, this guy could be pretty good. We thought Xavier Williams would be pretty good. But in the end, they're unknowns. Cobbs turned out to be good. Xavier turned out to not be very good. And now he's transferring. He's probably going to go another step down. So you're banking on unknown you know, players, unknown to you at least, and certainly unknown to us who aren't doing the recruiting process. But it, it, it can just be frustrating that you're trading a guy like Daniel Grisham, you know, okay, in this system he's able to produce, you know, maybe eight to ten sacks in a season. Byron Vaughns can get, you know, eight to ten tackles for loss and a handful of sacks and, and be a really good, you know, pass rusher and run stopper in the, you know, at the defensive end position. And you're trading him for, I don't know, a guy that used to be a three-star recruit that went to Wisconsin or whatever, you know, pick a school that he's, their player might be coming from. It's like, yeah, it, it's hard to feel confident when you had a guy you knew was good and you're replacing him with a guy that you hope is good. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you're, you're giving up what's known for something that's unknown uh, that may need development and time to, to get there. Who knows what it's going to turn out to be like. And so when these players transfer, um, you know, it, it, as you've put together your list and it's available on CashValleyDaily.com, you can see you know, there's a couple of tight ends, I guess one tight end, a uh, wide receiver, a linebacker. Um, but there, there's um, you know, a number of guys on the same position group. You got three defensive ends and, uh, and a defensive lineman. Um, so it, it is that like we said? Are they just happen to be making their own decisions, um, independent of each other, or are they aware of something that is going on? Either a coaching change that's coming, or one that needed to happen but isn't happening, and so that's why they're leaving. So it's it's unfortunate. It's really too bad. I mean, that was going to be the strength of Utah State next year, having all that experience and depth on that defensive front with some new pieces coming in. And now it's going to be a big question mark uh, and something that has to be rebuilt. So it's, yeah, man, that's tough. Yeah, it's a frustrating thing because the way this season was going, it was going to be your typical, I guess what used to be, a rebuilding year. Now for Utah State, they weren't a reload kind of program the way that you know all the, all the great programs were. They would, they would lose a bunch of guys. But then they'd reload. And now, in, or it used to be like, you know, if you're a lower program who couldn't do the complete reload and just be still be good all the time, you would maybe have a good year, let's say 2012, for Utah State. You have a really good year. Maybe some players leave. Um, maybe that's not the greatest example. It might be 2018 might be a better example where after 2018 you lost several good players. And then they were trying to rebuild. And in past years, you'd have a really good year, then you'd have to rebuild. 
you know, after the great players left. Well, now you don't get rebuilding years anymore because the, the point of the rebuilding year was, all right, we have some good players, we have a bunch of young and inexperienced players, then we go into the next year, the good players are there, the inexperienced players now have experience, they're one year better, and now we can have another good year. You don't get that because Utah State, okay, the theory was, okay, you're going to have all these good players, you know, we've said it over and over, the Brian Vaughns, Daniel Grishik, you know, you know, Tavian Coleman, who's up and coming in terms of experience. Waylon Lapuaho, a young guy, getting experience. You think, all right, we're going to get all these guys back. We'll have some guys that are good, some guys that are young. The young guys get experience. They're a year better. It all comes together to have a really good 2023 in this case. And you can't do that anymore because now all the good players from your rebuilding year just leave. And you're back to where you were at the start of 2022. A bunch of unknowns bunch of inexperienced players, guys you haven't had around the roster or, you know, haven't gone through spring ball and fall camp with. And it's just, like, what are you supposed to do if you're Utah State? You just have to get lucky in the transfer portal at this point. You have to get lucky that players don't decide to leave. You have to get lucky in the guys you bring in, and you can't develop anyone anymore because anytime somebody develops, half the time they want to leave. <laughs> that, that, that can happen. So... I think the next thing certainly is you know what happens with you know, is Utah State do they remain active in, in recruiting? Um, and it's, they certainly do. I think you have to, and certainly now that you know you've got to replace some main big pieces on your defensive front. But let's also keep in mind just because you put your name in the portal doesn't necessarily mean you're gone. Um, but there's maybe it does send a signal to a coaching staff. That you know things need to change, or um, they know of things that are changing, and we'll see who 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 gets replaced uh, and what the new guy looks like, and maybe they'll decide to stick around. But um, you know, it's it, it, this is going to keep going until you know for a little while still. <coughs> the the uh, recruiting deadline, your final recruiting class, I should say, will be announced first part of February. So there's still opportunity for Blake Anderson and his staff to add a few more players now that they know they have more holes that need to be filled. Yeah, and you just they're just gonna have to tank this and go for it. And Anderson talked about how he's hesitant to to sign, you know, one and done guys. He's not been completely opposed to the idea, um, obviously, because he's signed some. He's been more along the lines of bringing a guy like an MJ Tafisi who's got a couple years of eligibility. The the other linebacker they just brought in from Washington State, um, Gavin, can't remember his last name. Starts with a B. Um, but he's got like three years of eligibility left. He did bring in a you know a one and done guy from Utah for this early signing period. He might have to go in and sign a few more of those. Uh, you know, he brought in the Brian Cobbs, who was a one and done. He was a really good, you know, the top receiver for the Aggies. Because with how many guys you're, you're losing, you're losing Hunter Reynolds to graduation. You're losing Vaughn to the transfer portal. You're losing Grishik to uh, the transfer portal. Losing a rotation defensive lineman. I don't know, somebody else can transfer to you. You're, you're also losing one of your corners, Andre Grayson. Like, that's basically every single one of your defensive leaders. Save, I guess, A.J. Vong, Pachong, and MJ Tafisi. Like, you've yeah. lost the heart of your defense. 
Yeah, now Switzer coming back, you know, there's for a lot of good things about him and the role that he can play on the field and off the field. But but you just listed a bunch of guys. It's more than it takes more than just one voice. And uh they just they're losing a bunch of them. So um look, this was a team in turmoil earlier this year. Uh plenty of controversy about, you know, who should and shouldn't be starting at quarterback earlier in the year. Uh, that was more than just fans who were kind of upset about things, and it wasn't just that. I mean, there was there were a lot of things that were in turmoil with this team over the last eight nine months, um, and it kind of looked like they they were working on getting it put together, had a us against the world for a while there, and got some momentum, strung some wins together, uh, got bowl eligible, made it to a bowl game, but um, it, you know for it's hard to know, like how many of those, how deep do some of those wounds really run, and uh, uh, do they just like I'm going to stick it through, but once it's done, then I'm out. Um, so it's hard to know. I mean, a lot of different reasons why, as we've detailed m- many times, why somebody might want to leave, but it is kind of surprising that so many in one particular position group within the last 48 hours announcing that they are leaving. Yeah, it just is interesting. I think. There was a player, and I, I can't remember if it was Byron Vaughn's or not, who like posted and then deleted a tweet that was kind of attacking the fans a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was there were definitely hard feelings uh, for the players against the fans and the way things went down in that Weber State game and post uh, immediately following. Um, but uh, I don't know. Strange times right now with Utah State football. Uh, we do need to take a, t- a break. We're well overdue for a timeout. Love to hear your thoughts on this, 435-339-0321. We do have Utah State basketball in action tomorrow at noon in the spectrum with Fresno State starting conference play. And uh, what about the other top stories? I think we're hitting on one story that's been pretty big. But what are some of the other top sports stories over the last year, locally at least? Uh, love to get your thoughts, uh, your nominations for what you think were some of the top stories of the year in sports for Northern Utah, Southeast Idaho, 435-339-0321. It's that first kiss, that moment in time. It's that look in her eye when you get the first sign. We make it personal, you know when it's real. Something for everyone, we know how you Nothing compares to the warmth and feel that a wood stove provides. The two-time Best of Northern Utah winning team says there's never been a better time to replace your old inefficient wood stove and install a new energy-efficient EPA-certified Vermont casting wood product in your home. The U.S. government is offering federal tax credits of 26% on your wood stove install. For Vermont casting units, that includes stoves, venting, and labor. Call or email Advanced Fireplace and Stove for a free in-home estimate. Call 435-752-7272 or go to advancedfireplaceandstove.com. We're right in the middle of holiday season. Most of our focus is on family and friends, as it should be. But don't forget your vehicles during the cold winter months. At Valvoline and Oil Change, we'll make it easy on you to get an oil change, have your vehicle's fluids checked, and if needed, check emissions and renew your registration. All while you sit in your warm car. It doesn't get much easier than that. Valvoline and Oil Change, 695 North Main, across from Angie's. 
Alpine Home Medical has been around for over 25 years. Can you believe that? Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent. What keeps us coming to work every day? We're passionate about caring for you. From home and bathroom safety to transportation, mobility, recovery, oxygen, sleep, and more, come into any of our 10 locations today and let us take care of you. Visit us at alpinehomemedical.com. As a small business, achieving your financial goals and ambitions can be a steep and rocky mountain to climb. This is Brett Green, president of Cash Valley Bank. To conquer this mountain and achieve your goals, it takes planning, hard work, and discipline. At Cash Valley Bank, we have the resources, expertise, and flexibility to help you scale your way to success. Give us a call. Let's work together and climb the mountains that await. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's a Week 17 cross-conference showdown as the Seattle Seahawks host the New York Jets. Hi everyone, Troy Clarity here. Join Chad Brown and me for all the action between two teams that are in must-win mode. Can Geno Smith rally the Seahawks or will Mike White and the Jets find a way to get it done on the road? It's the Jets and the Seahawks. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon, beginning at 1.30 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Eric Franson, Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. 435-339-0321 if you want to chime in and join the show. Uh, Switching to basketball, Utah State back in action tomorrow. Mountain West Conference play started earlier this week for a lot of schools, but for USU it it begins uh, tomorrow afternoon, really at noon, uh, in the uh, the spectrum. But uh, to get things started, uh, New Mexico, Nevada, San Diego State, San Jose State – and Fresno all won their conference openers earlier this week. Um, Fresno State, uh, in their opener, they um, – now where did it go? <laughs> Sorry, I had it right here in front of me. Uh, they went to Wyoming – or excuse me, they hosted Wyoming and uh, beat the Cowboys 58-53. to um, Wyoming, as we know, has struggled. It certainly has been performing well below expectations coming into the season – but uh, they've had some significant injuries, not just one, but several uh, on their squad. Um, so Fresno State, they were the favored team and played as such, but Wyoming still made it close. Um, but uh, Fresno State comes into town uh, with the with conference victory under their belts and um, trying to get two uh, facing Utah State. Now this is a team that has um, you know, a couple guys that – can play well. They've got um, you know, Baker. He put 20 points on Wyoming uh, earlier this week. Uh, Moore uh, scored 13, but those are the only guys in double figures. Uh, several contributions from multiple other players. A low-scoring game, 58 to 53. So uh, yeah, just points were hard to come by in that one. Yeah, Fresno State is. A low-scoring, allow-very-few-points team. They rank in, like, the 350s. And, and here's, here's the reason. They rank in the 350s in points per game. 
Um, yeah, 354th in points per game, but they're 32nd in points allowed per game. But the main reason behind that is they are um, 355th out of 363 teams in pace at a little over 60, almost 64 possessions per game. Utah State plays like 75 possessions per game. So Fresno State, on average, is playing like 12 fewer possessions than the Aggies, 10 to 12, you know. A uh, fast-paced game might get to the 80-85 possessions. <laughs> so Fresno State, they don't allow a lot of points, but that a lot of that is baked into they don't play a whole lot of possessions. They're going to milk it till late in the shot clock. Yeah, and I need to look at what their defensive rating is. If you give me like. While you do that, just looking at uh, Fresno State in the net, um, they're at 203. And Wyoming at 215 as of today. So this is uh, another game where Utah State's playing a team that's not the not the worst team that they've faced, uh, but it's a, it's a quad four game for USU. And we have seen that's been a bit of their kryptonite. When they play a quad four game, the Aggies struggle. So they struggled words, against Weber State. They struggled against... Um, SMU. SMU so, uh, both of those teams were quad four teams at the time the Aggies played them. So this is a loss. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying I'd be scared about tomorrow. Utah State is undefeated against non-quad four teams. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, defensive rating, so points per possession uh, converted into a 100-possession scale. Um, Fresno State ranks 118th, which is not bad. Utah State's like 170-something, 172. So Fresno State's got a better defense in terms of points allowed per possessions. But, of course, Utah State's got a really, really good offense. They rank, according to Synergy Sports, they have the best offense. They have the best raw points per possession number in the country. And I think a little like 1.05 points per possession as a team, which is really good. Especially there are NBA teams that don't get that high of a points per possession. (laughs) I should tell you how good it's been. Uh, yeah, so it's the Utah State offense, as we've seen through the year, can play at a really high clip. But over the last four games, I mean, they're two and two. Uh, 72 points against Weber State, 84 against Seattle, 74 against SMU, and then 82 against Washington State. So it's been kind of a back and forth right now for USU uh, with SMU. Um, that was a team that was more physical with USU than I think we've seen anybody play, and that really stifled them. I mean, that they struggled to get through the physicality of the Mustangs. Uh, I don't know if Fresno is necessarily a physical team defensively, but um, with the Weber State game, it was a lackadaisical second half that allowed Weber State into it, and then it was too late making adjustments and get going themselves, and by then the momentum was in the Wildcats' favor. Yeah, it seemed like Utah State's had times where they were able to just flip the switch offensively and just go. And so it was weird to see multiple games where Utah State just never did that. Um, and if there was a moment they did that, their defense was just lacking. And it's weird because Utah State, anyway, and I looked this up and I actually posted on Twitter the other day where I said there's this weird trend in the Ryan Odom era where Utah State is 0-15 when scoring 72 or fewer points. It would be 0-16 if Bearstow hadn't hit a three at the end of that SMU game to make it 74 instead of 71. And it's just weird in that 
you include close games. They're like 0 and 8 when scoring 72 or fewer in regulation in like close games, like one possession games. We talk about all those one possession games Utah State lost last year where they went 2 and 7 in games decided by 3 points either way. Most of those were games that were low scoring. Utah State just can't seem to handle games uh, and, and get wins in games where they're like not scoring 75 plus points. And in case of a point this year, they're uh, undefeated when they score at least 75. Winless in the you know two games where they haven't. And it's weird because it doesn't seem like you, you can't say that it's defense into offense because when the Aggies are scoring. You know, 80-plus points, there's been games where they score 80-plus points and allow 68. Games where they score 90 points and allow 80. So it's like, I don't know what's going on here, where it's just like something about Utah State getting going on offense allows them to close out close games. But if they're grinding it out and they have to, you know, get a get an ugly bucket here, get a lucky bucket there, they just can't do it for whatever reason. And it's not a Coach Odom thing, because here's the thing. Coach Odom was like 41 and 46 in like, you know, in games where his team scored 72 points or fewer when he was at UMBC. He had dang near a 500 record, which by the way is fairly typical of a college team scoring 72 or fewer points. You tend to lose more games than you win when you score about that much. Cuz losing teams tend to average in the mid to high 60s in points. So it's not an Odom system thing that's causing this. It's just Utah State for some reason can't figure it out when they've had Ryan Odom as coach here. This season they are one and two in games decided by three points or less. Yeah, in the game they won, they scored it was what, ninety one eighty nine. Yep. In the games they lost was seventy seven, seventy four, and then seventy five, seventy. Yeah, seventy five. So it's just like the heck's going on? <laughs> like there's some magical thing in there about scoring a bunch of points and then you're confident to get the bucket when you need it. But when they're not like against Weber State, they'd get the bucket, but then they'd allow a bucket. It's like, <sighs> yeah, they couldn't get stops. Do they just feel sad when they don't score points? So they don't give like, is that what it is? <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense. That's why I say it's a weird trend because there's nothing about it that makes any sense. I can't nail down one or even two or three factors. I just have to like wave my arms in the air and be like, this is happening. I have no clue why it's happening. There's no reason a random distribution would produce this. But it's what's happening, and there doesn't seem to be a cause to it. It's not Ryan Odom's system. It's not, you know, a collapse in the defense because, again, there's games where the defense plays fine. They just score a bunch of points, and I don't know. It's not necessarily the offense because, you know, because, like I said, the, the Aggies have been capable of holding teams to below those, and if you score 74 points, that's usually enough to win a game if you play good defense. I don't know. It's just, it's just weird. Uh, it is weird. Uh, Taylor Funk got a little bit more going again against Washington State, but again, he's he's still struggling a little bit. He was five of ten overall from the field, two of five from beyond the arc. But trying to do things in other ways to help his team had a block, three rebounds, three assists in the game against Washington State. Um, Trevin Dorius, I think. Look, Dorius had himself a tournament. Like he played well and uh, had a great tournament overall in Hawaii. Uh, 12 points against Washington State, um, you know, four boards, two assists, two steals for the big man. 
Uh, the thing that was impressive in that Washington State win is you had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six guys in double figures, but nobody scored more than 12. Not one dominant player, not one player who really got hot. It just you had multiple guys uh, chipping in and contributing. And, and, I mean, Jones had nine. He was almost in double figures. So that's Aggie basketball. Yeah, and, this and, season, and that's what makes this these random just low lower scorings. Again, seventy two is your lowest point total. It's not the worst thing in the world, but these lower scoring games is weird because we've talked about how everyone's able to create offense. You have Stephen Ashworth and Taylor Funk and Shulga and Barstow are capable of going off for eighteen points. And uh, kudos to Sean Barstow; he's been having a much better run lately much more consistent yes. yeah consistent scoring points getting assists getting rebounds he's been playing incredibly well as, as well after a, a bit of a rough start you know he scored the 18 in the season open then was like in single digits for like five straight games um so yeah it is weird that just like everyone goes cold at once and it, it, it just doesn't seem to make as much sense and i know taylor funk going cold has been a big impact because you look at the first eight games, he averages 16 points. He's shooting 46% from three. Okay, the last few games, like ever since he came back from his, his ankle injury where he sat out the one game against Westminster, he went from averaging 16 points to 10 points, shooting 46% from three to shooting 25% from three, and sub-40% from the field overall. He's just absolutely lost his shooting touch. Yeah, this was a big week for USU to come home, get back in their own gym, and uh, start ironing out the kinks, gain some confidence, get in the familiar uh, confines. And uh, it's good that they're opening conference play at home, I, I believe, to get themselves back on track uh, against a team that they should be able to beat. And, but, again, they're a quad four team, so you never know. Yes, yeah, so, so you just don't assume go, anything. You, Utah State's going to go to 0-3 in quad four. <laughs> All right, we've got to take another timeout. I uh, would we'll love to get your thoughts about Utah State basketball, 435-339-0321. A lifetime of awesome memories starts with the Yamaha lineup of youth ATVs. Find the perfect Yamaha ATV for the young rider in your life at Cash Yamaha. Start with the sporty Yamaha YFZ50, designed for riders 6 and up with easy start and parental controls. Then graduate to the Yamaha Raptor 90 with legendary Raptor Sport ATV styling and more for riders 10 and up. And for a taste of the rugged look of a utility ATV, check out the Yamaha Grizzly 90. Start a lifelong passion today at Cash Yamaha or yamahamotorsports.com. See the Yamaha lineup today at Cash Yamaha at the Light and Hyde Park. YFZ50 is recommended for use only by riders six years and older and always with adult supervision. Raptor and Grizzly 90 are recommended for use only by riders 10 years and older and always with adult supervision. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. For safety and training information, see your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. All aboard! Come to the FSA Extravaganza this Thursday and Friday at HSA Depot. Did you know over 500 million FSA dollars are left unspent every year? Don't let this happen to you. This is Zach with HSA Depot. Stop in this Thursday and Friday for the FSA Extravaganza at HSA Depot. We have deals on hundreds of FSA eligible items so you can get those FSA dollars spent before they disappear. Find out what you can buy. HSA Depot is located in front of the North Walmart. Happy Holidays from HSA Depot. For more than a century, S.E. Needham Jewelers has been repairing jewelry and watches in Cache Valley. We do all our work on premises, and you may even talk directly with our expert technicians. 
We also have today's state-of-the-art equipment, including a laser welder that will repair jewelry with precision. We guarantee our work and offer competitive prices. So whether repairing your precious wedding ring, sizing a ring, or simply changing a watch battery, come to Utah's oldest jewelry store today's newest technology and repair. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Home at Darrell has a farm and appliance farm. With down home country prices and big city selection. E-I-E-I-O. When you're looking for a friendly spot to drive a little and save a lot, hey, Old McDarrell has a farm and appliance farm. Darrell's appliance, low overhead, but lots of country charm. See Darrell's appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Spend less time at the post office. With Formax and Mint mailing systems from Les Olson IT, you can quickly, accurately, and easily process your outgoing mail and even save on postage. Fold your documents, stuff and seal your envelopes, print addresses, weigh and measure to apply proper postage, all with the click of a button. With multiple model options available, you're sure to find a Formax solution and Mint mailing device that perfectly fits your business needs. Les Olson IT. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Yes, the winter weather is here, so make sure you're stocked up on you know, ice melt. And get 50 pounds for just $10 a bag at Napa Auto Parts. Uh, but what about starting fluid or windshield de-icer, fuel line antifreeze, ice scrapers and snow brushes. You can find it all at Napa Auto Parts, five locally owned stores between Preston and Providence. That's Napa Auto Parts. Uh, again, 435-339-0321. Chime in on the Full Court Press text line. A couple texts that have come through. Uh, 9315 texting in. I think USU has a harder time when they don't pass around the outside of the key. Our passing was great in the Washington State game. Uh, 8968. In my opinion, that Weber game did one heck of a lot of harm to the Aggie football program. A lot of fans were just a little more than upset with the outcome, and the way it was coached and the lack of effort on everyone's part is not easy to recruit to. Uh, and then 7854. Uh, you have to wonder if Funk's ankle is truly better. That can throw off a shooter's touch. It can, but I don't. It wasn't that serious of an injury because it was like an injury he could have played through initially anyway. I think they just held him out against Westminster because maybe it really is bothering him. But this isn't the first shooting slump that uh, Taylor Funk's gone through. You can find shooting slumps, maybe not to the twenty-five percent, you know, hole that he's he's in right now over the last four or five games. But he's had stretches where he goes, you know, thirty-two percent, mid-thirties, low-thirties. Games where he goes over. It's happened to Funk before. It'll happen again. Um, it's just a matter of when is he going to get out of it. Because he's a good shooter. He's going to get out of this. And we knew that he wasn't going to keep shooting 50% from three the way he did to start the season. I keep thinking Stephen Ashworth's going to come from down from that, but he's only had like he's only had like one bad game so far from three. <laughs> yeah, he was perfect. Uh, on Christmas Day, yeah, he's, he's just three still three. He's still going nuts. I should I should look up and see where he's he's at so far this season. It's just Taylor Funk had a you know screaming fall back to uh back closer to uh the mean. 
Well, and really, Taylor was the only one uh, on Christmas Day who didn't shoot well, uh, at least from three. As a team, the Aggies were nearly 65% from beyond the arc. Yeah, they did incredibly well. Yeah, Stephen Ash was still shooting north to 50% from three. Is it 52, almost 53%? Taylor Funk, I say screaming back down to the mean, he's still shooting 39% for the season. And that's about where I expected him to be from the beginning. Like, I thought he was going to shoot somewhere between 37 39%. He's a high-volume guy, so he's unlikely to shoot in the high 30s, low 40s when you're attempting seven threes per game. But as I say that, Stephen Ashworth is shooting seven and a half threes per game and is still in the in the low 50s. So Funk will probably recover or at least stay roughly where he's at. Hopefully he doesn't have another one of these stretches where he, you know, he, he shoots 25% over the course of uh, several games. Hopefully it's just limited to one bad game here, another bad game there, but largely games where he's able to go three of nine, four of seven, Five of eleven, just those kind of games where he's hovering between thirty and fifty percent on any given night, on anywhere between seven and twelve threes attempted. Well, I mean, thank goodness this team doesn't just solely rely on on him. Yeah, right. I mean, that's what's kind of special about this team is so many different guys can contribute, and we don't. I I, I think as we've seen, there can be games where one guy carries the team, but by and large on the season, this team is at its best when they work collectively. Yeah. When a defense doesn't know what's coming at them next. Is it going to be the guard? Is it the shooting guard? Is it the center? Is it going to – well, center's not usually a, a very potent position. Nope. Dan Atkins, the third leading scorer on the team. Well, I mean, Dorius had a good, uh, good tournament in Hawaii. But, I mean, there's multiple guys who can come at you with Utah State. And if a defense starts to shut one guy down, that leaves another guy open. Yeah. There's usually always somebody who can make a big – there's four or five guys who can make a big basket. Dan Atkins been clutch. You know, when maybe the perimeter game isn't working, they work it inside, and Atkins able to, you know, get a layup or something. He finds himself open, they pass it to him. Because they're good at passing, they find Atkins open. But, yeah, there, there are several guys. There's five guys on the team that average double figures. Insane. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press. Love to continue to get your thoughts on our Full Court Press text line, 435-339-0321. On behalf of the management team at TTM Technologies, we want to thank our more than 500 employees here in Logan for your hard work and dedication. Because of you, TTM Technologies continues to grow at a phenomenal pace. We've never been more optimistic, and the job opportunities at TTM have never been better. If you're searching for a job or considering a career change, we invite you to talk to us or go Go to careers.ttmtech.com to review our open positions. Happy holidays from all of us here at TTM Technologies in Logan. Cubex Fitness is offering their best deal of the year. For a limited time, become a Cubex member and get your first two months for free. Then only pay $15 per month with no contract. Receive the Cubex Nutritional Guide ebook for free. Work out at Cubex with their virtual trainers in complete privacy without any concerns or distractions or comparisons. Make 2023 your year. Achieve your goals at Cubex Fitness in Logan. $75 cancellation fee at time of cancellation. When it comes to home care, it's important to know you have a choice. 
If you or a loved one is in need of hospice or home health services, remember that Primrose Home Care and Hospice believes in treating the patient as well as the problem. We work directly with you and your doctor to create a health plan that's catered to your needs. Our team is devoted to providing options and the freedom and safety of your own home. Visit us at primrosecare.com or call to schedule a free consultation. Primrose Home Care and Hospice, your local hospice and home health provider since 2006. The Aggies, Jazz, High School. Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. Welcome back to the Full Court Press. By the way, a Mountain West Bowl update. Wyoming leading Ohio 17-11. About seven, a little more than seven minutes to go in the third quarter. But um, Wyoming out early on Ohio so far in this one in the uh, Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl being played in Tucson. Also Notre Dame and uh, South Carolina underway. It's about eight and a half to go in the fourth quarter there in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. And uh, Notre Dame leading 38-31. to uh, later on tonight, it's going to be number six Tennessee versus number seven Clemson in the Orange Bowl. That should be fun. Uh, Clemson's favored by four uh, in that one. And uh, earlier, it was Pittsburgh beating UCLA thirty-seven to thirty-five in the Sun Bowl there in uh, El Paso. Also, uh, I guess Maryland beat NC State sixteen to twelve. So a couple of unranked teams beating ranked teams in bowl games uh, earlier today. Um, so. That's uh, some bowl action going on. We'll have another bowl game here on this station on Monday, and uh, that will pretty much conclude. But we've had some fun playing these uh, bowl games with Mountain West ties and some other uh, interesting bowl matchups here on the fan, part of bowl season radio. And uh, we'll uh, continue to do that and, and break things down. We've got to take a, a done the timeout top of the hour here with Dan Patrick. We'll be back next hour with top right. stories of the year. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The college football playoffs begin tomorrow, and although these may be the four best teams in the sport, it hasn't been an easy ride for many of the individuals involved. After a 2-4 and four season in 2020, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh agreed to an extension, which nearly cut his salary in half. Harbaugh has since led the Wolverines to two straight playoff appearances. A similar situation has played out at TCU in Georgia. But instead of a coach, the two schools have, have been rewarded with their patience under center. TCU quarterback Max Duggan never threw for more than 16 touchdowns in his first three years in Fort Worth. This season, he finished second in the Heisman voting. The same can be said for Georgia's Stetson Bennett. His career started slow, but over the last two seasons, the 25-year-old has become one of the more reliable quarterbacks in the sport. With so much money involved in college sports, the pressure to win is palpable. When you look at the team, competing in this year's playoffs, it's clear that patience can be rewarding. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. 